we're, we're continuing in Genesis chapter 27. And, and, and I'm only, I preached some of it last week, and it was, a, it seemed, it was about blessing, and it seemed to be a great blessing uh, for people. Uh, we had our elders up here with a sort of a, a scripted blessing, and we laid hand on somebody, on, on everybody that came forward, and we spoke a blessing over them. And many people really seem to be quite impacted by that. If you weren't here last week and you would like this blessing spoken over you, we'd love to do that. I've got it up here. Come to me after service. Come to one of the other elders after service. And we'll, we'll offer this blessing on you too. Uh, we also we sort of asked, what about, what about the children? What about the children back there? Are we going to bless them too? Well, I want to, except I don't want to. I want you to. Uh, the pastor blessing you. That's, maybe that's great, that's a, a, that's a great emotional impact or whatever, but if you could take that blessing yourself and speak that blessing over your children. And now, this blessing, do not make the mistake of saying that, uh, oh, this is some sort of prescribed incantation. There, there's no magic in this. Right? Inasmuch as it is based upon Scripture, Scripture has power when you speak it into somebody's life. This is not an incantation spell that you cast over your child. But this can help you. This can help you as you learn to bless your children. And don't just do that once in your life. Do that on occasion. Do that more than once. Somebody asked here, are we going to ever do that again? We should do that once a quarter around here. We're probably not going to do that. But uh, on occasion, it is important for you to lay a hand on your child, speak truth into your child's life, pray blessing, blessing and guidance of the Lord over uh, your child's life. Well, I'll make this available to anybody, but don't turn it into an incantation that you say you uh, Make it into, turn it into a template where you personalize it for your child as you see them grow, as you see their personality, as you see what you spoken into their life. Okay? Um, so that blessing last week, and the story that all this comes from, the reason we're talking about this is because we're talking about some patriarchs in the Bible. When we talk about the patriarchs in the Bible, we're talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And right now, we're, we're looking at the life of Isaac, but Isaac's life, there's actually very scant information about it. Abraham, we preached for months. Jacob, we're going to probably preach for months. But for, for Isaac, it's really just weeks, and much of his life overlaps with Jacob and his brother Esau. And in Genesis chapter 27, it is all about a blessing. A blessing. A blessing that Isaac is wanting to give to his firstborn. But as you'll notice from my title here, uh, it gets stolen. It gets stolen. Oh, goodness. Next week, I, we're gonna, I'm going to be in this chapter again, and I'm going to try to give you some assurances that don't worry. God's blessing on your life cannot be stolen, but in this case, the blessing was stolen. It was a, a spiritual act. It was also sort of a legal act. And inasmuch as um, God had prophesied that his blessing would not so much be on the older son, but on the younger son, it really was transferred. From, uh, from the one to the other. And it was all done to poor Isaac, a very, very old man at this time. Let's start reading our passage, and then we'll look at a few details in it. Heavenly Father, we're looking at your word now, and I ask your help as we read together, as I preach, and I pray the Holy Spirit, that you will be the teacher. No matter what I say, this morning, you be the teacher. And Isaac was old, and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see. He called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, Esau answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. 
Remember the irony there is that uh, he's going to live for at least 20 more years after this, okay? But, hey, you don't know the day of your death. You don't know the day of your death. There are a lot of people that, my, my granddad lived to be 98, and I'm sure when he was 78 years old, he probably said, I am old now and don't know the day of my death, having no clue that he had a couple of more decades left. Now get your equipment. And remember, Esau is this hunter. He, uh, his, his biggest sin problem in his life is that he is not really concerned with what God is doing in his family and in the world and, give, and in giving the promised land to his family. He really doesn't care about this calling on his life. What he really cares about is the open fields and hunting and seeing the uncivilized land where God is trying to set up a, a nation and a civilization. Esau is completely unconcerned with that. Get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some game, some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like, and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke. And remember, Rebecca is Isaac's wife, okay? Uh, Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Rebecca speaking to Jacob. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats, so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat, so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. And so what we're looking at here, it, it's a strange question to, to me. It's a strange question to me. Because I, I don't think that I would ever uh, think possibly in my mind that I could trick God. So, you know, this is a spiritual and it's a legal uh, uh, sort of um, situation here, this blessing, this transferring of the blessing. And in as much as it is a spiritual thing, I don't think Rebecca would ever think that she's actually going to trick God into giving the blessing from the one son to the other son. I think she's thinking of it in terms of the inheritance and the rights in the family, the legal rights, the, uh, the, the position of being the new patriarch. She wants all of that given to Jacob, and she's asked, she's, she's trying to, she's getting Jacob to say, well, basically what they're trying to do is say, go to your father, and I will give him the right pen, and we will guide his hand as he signs this document signs everything over to you instead of your brother. But everything is spiritual and physical for them. No, there's nothing, there's no legal process for them. It's also a spiritual thing. But I think Rebecca, in the back of her mind, we don't know this, and theologians argue about her motivations, and the Bible doesn't tell us, so it's kind of worthless to argue about things that the Bible doesn't directly tell you. But remember, when the boys were born, she saw the prophecy. She heard the prophecy knows the prophecy from God that it's Jacob that God is uh, going to bless. It is Jacob that God is going to turn into a patriarch. So in her mind, I think she says, I'm helping God do his will. Okay? It's a deception, but it's only a deception of her husband. It's not a deception of God. She's helping God. She's helping God. And as far as she's concerned about Esau, I think she and Esau have probably had a very strained relationship all of her life. Uh, when you, I, I, don't, I don't know what would happen. I can't imagine this as a father of my daughter. I can't imagine this happening 
But if you know that the Lord loves one more than the other, or that you know that the Lord has something special for the one but not for the other, what does that do to you in, in your mind? I, I don't know. If you, if, you knew, uh, if you knew everything about what your child was going to be like, how would that affect you? Maybe it's just a difference in personality. And parenting is hard. Some of your kids are easy and some of your kids are difficult, right? And it's easier to spend more time with the easy child than with the difficult child, right? So I have a feeling that uh, growing up, Jacob and Esau, Esau uh, exhibited behaviors or likes and dislikes that were very contrary to what his mother liked. And Jacob seemed to like everything his mother liked. And so naturally, she just gravitated to the one over the other and in the back of her mind, probably even also thinking that it's um, some sort of spiritual thing too. It's God's will that I like this one more than the other. But don't just think of it that way. Rebecca also, we, as we see at the end of chapter 26 and the end of chapter 27, Esau has done a few things that have really put him sort of on the out with the family. Not necessarily on the out with Isaac, but with the rest of the family and with God. Remember, he valued his birthright as firstborn so little that he traded it for a bowl of beans. Okay? So his birthright doesn't hardly mean beans. Okay? It means almost nothing to him. He doesn't want the rights and responsibilities. In fact, until this chapter, he has shown no interest in what God is doing in the family, the family legacy or anything like that. Furthermore, he has married women that his mother doesn't like. His married women that his mother doesn't like. She, he has invited pagans into the family. And Rebecca and Isaac are both strained because of the choice of who their son has married for the rest of their lives. And so I don't know what you think. I, I don't know if, uh, what your children have been like, but you, 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 some of you may have had a child that made such poor choices, one after the other, for so long that you more or less gave up hope. And then you look at the younger one and say, I've still got you. You haven't messed things up totally yet. I'm going to put all my hopes on you because I don't have much hope for what this other one uh, will turn out like. So I think that that's part of the reason that Rebecca has put all of her favoritism right there on Jacob. To the point, to the point that she's willing to perform a great, uh, a great deception on her husband. And the question when you read all of this, and Jacob, let's, uh, let's go ahead and read what Jacob said. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. And so he's, he's starting to voice some incredulity that this plan, this scheme is going to work out. But remember, the first thing he does is not say, isn't that wrong, mother? That's not the first thing he says. Well, isn't this mean? Isn't this not nice? Isn't this, won't this turn out in cursing for, for Esau instead of blessing? I mean, he is the firstborn. No, 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 no. no doesn't say any of that. I think he's fully on board with getting the blessing for himself. He's fully on board with the birthright for himself. He's already got it. He's traded for it, whether or not Isaac recognized that. But he says, Mom, I just don't think it's going to work. I just don't think it's going to work. My brother Esau is a hairy man. What, is, what does Esau mean? What does the name Esau mean? Harry. All right. All right. He came out of the womb. Harry. They named him Harry. It stuck. My brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? And of course he's going to touch me. Everything they do 
in this culture is touch and kiss and come near when any kind of intimate family relationship is happening or a blessing or a prayer or anything like that. It's always come near. All right? Of course he's going to touch me. What if he touches me? What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him. I would appear to be tricking him. I am tricking him, Jacob, and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the, first, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. Son, you don't know your dad like I do. It's going to work. I've tricked him a few times before, maybe. As long as he's eating what he likes, drinking what he likes, he's comfortable in his bed, he can get him to the end. Right? I have a feeling there's a lot of that at play. So, he went, Jacob, and got them, the goats, and brought them to his mother. And she prepared each and food, just the way his father was. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau to the oldest son that she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goat skin. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father, yes, my son, he answered, Who is it? Jacob said to his father, An outright lie. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac said to his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God, who's in on this with me, gave me success to this life. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. So maybe Isaac knows a little bit about the shenanigans that have been pulled in his household so far. He knows what Jacob has done with the birthright. He knows what Rebekah has done with him possibly in the past. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hand of the hand of Harry. He did not recognize him when his hands were hairy like those of his brother So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. That's how blind Isaac was. He's an old man. Eyesight goes. Maybe he had macular degeneration. I don't know. But to a certain level here, the blindness goes beyond the physical blindness and becomes a willingness to be deceived, a willingness to go along with something. And I don't know, maybe some of you have looked at your children and turned the blind eye. And you don't know. Maybe they do this, maybe they don't. Maybe they do drugs, maybe they don't do drugs. Maybe they drink, maybe they're whatever with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe they're not. I'd rather just stay blind. I don't want to face facts about my children because it's hard to think that my little baby boy, my little baby girl, could make such bad decisions and do such bad I'd rather just not know. But at a certain point, it's very important for you to see as well as you can, know as well as you can, hear as well as you can, and face the fact that your child may 
not be who you thought was. Then she said, My son, bring me some of your gain to me, so that I may give you my blessing. Maybe his nose helped convince him here, because if he kicked everybody out, then maybe his nose wouldn't get to his belly rock right here on the Jacob brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss him. So he went and to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, clothes of Esau, smells like Esau, he blessed him, and he embraced the full of deception, and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. May, na- may nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. There are four people There's Isaac up here, the blind old man. There's Rebecca over here. There's Jacob here in the bottom right corner. And that is a very famous Renaissance painting. There are no good paintings of Esau, so a few weeks ago I substituted Gimli from Lord of the Rings for him. Okay? The rest of them exist in one painting, a very nice painting. But of course Esau wouldn't be in that painting. He was out doing what his father asked expecting to come home and receive a great blessing. The good news for you is that I think that God has a plan to redeem the, redeem the lives of every person in this story. And maybe you can relate to some of the people in this story. Maybe you're like Isaac and you've been a blind parent all these years. Maybe you're like Rebecca and your sin is in having a clear favorite and being a master manipulator in the household. Uh, maybe you are a little bit like Jacob. And all your life, you've known that you were the favorite, but you also know what a screw-up your brother is, your siblings. And you know how bad they are. And you've seen the tears that they have caused your parents to cry. Maybe you are the one who has tried to please your parents. Maybe you know that your parents have put all of their hope and thought in you. Or maybe you're like and you have felt your whole life that the whole household is against you and you don't really know why. You're just trying to live your life and you don't know why it's not good enough. Maybe you fear that they are plotting against you. Maybe they always have been. Well, if you're like Isaac, I got good news for you. God can open your eyes. He can help you to see your children clearly, lovingly, and honestly. And he's got a plan for how you can best guide them into the life that he has for them. He can give you the courage to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done instead of just sort of medicating yourself with whatever comfort you, you have, you can have. And saying, eh, it's probably not as bad as Yeah, it's probably not as bad. It's not so, it's not so, eh, it'll all turn out. Maybe you're like Rebecca. And God has sort of given you, uh, God... Maybe you're like Rebecca, 
and you have favored one over the other. You have turned against one of your children. You have given up hope on some of your children. But he can give you, God can give you a merciful heart like him. You see, God has a lot of children in the world. They have all broken his heart. They have all walked away from him. They have all gone astray. He has found it very hard to raise his children properly. But he has incredible patience. And he can teach you how to love your children the way that he loves every one of his prodigal children. If you're like Jacob, God can show you just how difficult you are, even though you think you're perfect. But he does have a calling for you. It's just that your heart's going to need to be changed in order to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. You're not good to people. Maybe pleasing your parents, manipulating them, and pleasing your parents, but your heavenly Father is exactly who you are. And Esau, poor Esau, God has good news for you. You're a mess up. You're a screw up. You've done a lot of things wrong. But God loves all the screw ups in this world. He only wants them to realize and admit who they are. Admit their rebellion. Admit what they've done. Admit that they haven't tried to please this man. Esau, you know that you haven't valued God's plan for your life. So start. Start valuing the things that really do matter in this world. God wants to give you a life of significance. And take comfort in knowing that God has blessings for you that cannot be stolen or taken away from you in the world. Unlike Isaac's household, God doesn't divide his blessings. He multiplies them. There's plenty for you too in the form of blessing, affirmation, transformation, and eternal life. Come home and say, Father, who do you want me to be? What do you want me to be? And no matter who you are in this story, come to the Lord. Be truly blessed. Next week we'll end this story and we'll talk about uh, what to do when it's too late, when you find out that it's too late. And we'll finish up this discussion on the blessing. Alright? Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you that you love all of these people. We thank you, Lord, that you can redeem every life. Lord, we thank you that you bless. There is no division and blessing from you. There is only multiplication. There is plenty for us from you. Lord, help us to be the kind of children that you want us to be. The ones who come home. The ones who take your will your wishes, seriously. Help us to put ourselves in every Old Testament story and learn how to live a sanctified life.